everybody. I'm Cameron. I'm Zach. I know everything. I like dragons. You do. You really do. And, and this, this is, is the, the Watching You Watch, Watch podcast. Oh. So, not to not to jump right into this, but but there were dragons. But there were dragons. Holy crap! Were there and there dragons. was fire. Yeah, uh, lots of fire. Very satisfying. It's it's a, a thing you see coming that is very satisfying. Yes. Um. But so oh. before we we jump like really far into that and start talking about it, like there's a lot to talk about this episode. We just finished watching um episode four of season three of Game of Thrones entitled "And Now His Watch Is Ended." And um, that, of course, is a reference to the the funeral words that are said for the Night's Watch members. And we get a little taste of that this episode, too. Um, but, man, Zach, like, interesting. there's so much that happens this episode. Yeah. Like, like the, the crow's side plot is, like, just the half of it. I mean, just to count it off here, like all the plot lines we see, we see a lot. We see we Starks, see... we see Tyrells, we see Lannisters, we see Knights Watch people, we see Daenerys and her people, we oh, see the Brotherhood we without find banners. Out with yeah, their fire cult. That's not good. Yeah, that 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 all happens. Zach, I know there's a lot to talk about already, but what are some of your highlights from this episode? Um, definitely anything with the Tyrell. Like, okay. Grandma Tyrell shows up again, and she's just brilliant. And her and Varys talk, and they're the power couple for the century. <laughs> really some great rhetorical questions. Yeah. My favorite <laughs> comment she has is about, like, the like when, like, your stump of a nothing bumps, you know, bumps uglies with an, old, yeah, with, an, with an old person. What happens? Oh, I guess that's a question for the philosophers. As he looks like offended, yeah, and like wants to go and he's in like, the coffin. She's like, "No, don't worry about it. Get back here. I was just screwing with you." Yeah, basically. <laughs> like she's just like lol, and it's funny because it's terrifying like the, how they always seem to know what everyone's going to say without them having to say it. From the moment she says, "Oh, look, there's a spider in the garden," like you know you it's know. gonna go well. Well, and also the fact <laughs> that she's like you know saying how their cross stitch is weak. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so okay, what other, what are what other highlights do you have from this? Um, well, it seems like all of uh, the the Lannister children just can't seem to quite get ahead because Tyrion is terrified by the true implications of someone who follows their revenge through, <laughs> as in the spider finding the sorcerer who castrated him and keep him in a box just because he can. Just because he can. Because he's patient. <laughs> oh, boy. And um, Xerxes just running around like, Daddy, I can do good. And he's like, really? And she's like, yes. And he's like, no. Yeah, he's like, you can't control Joffrey, so you done goof. You can't do it. And then there's Jamie who wants to, like, give up on life. And Brian's like, get it together, man. Yeah. And he's like, all right, <laughs> He's like, I lost my hand. I lost my hand. Face. They make me wear it. And I can't, it's my sword hand. Uh, That's my only good hand. And she's yeah. like, dude, come on. Yeah. Stop acting like a girl. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, which is completely dumb because the girl characters are some of the strongest characters in this entire show. That's very true. It's dumb, but yep. it's just how those stereotypes pervade all cultures right anyways also the crows just go totally rogue and kill like a uh, big daddy crow and also uh craster's incest summer camp is yeah. now down it's one and only really effed up instructor yeah yeah 
Um, yeah, and, and Sam runs away with the girl and the baby, and he's ready to tackle the the struggles of being a father to a bastard child. <laughs> and also in the Night's Watch. And which yeah. I'm sure they're gonna have some things to say about yeah, that. I'm sure it. that well, yeah, and also his his dear bully friend wants to eat him still or something. Whatever. Yeah. I I don't know. They man. make so many jokes like, "Oh, I bet you taste good," which is really. Oh, weird. and also how they say it's like you know, oh man, Ben had never smelled this. Good yeah, they're burning life. the night at the pyre, and he's like, yeah, "Man, he like, smells really good." And it's kind of sad because that's probably how hungry they <laughs> they're are. They're very hungry, clearly. Yes. Yeah. Oh boy, and that's just like, and it's crazy because it's weird to see like how the crows like split in half. There's the crows that are still sort of loyal, and the crows are like, "F this, we were literally cr- criminals." Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of sad because, like, some of the crows we grew to, like, know and sort of love are taken down by, like, the, the a-holes. Right. Which <sighs> checks out to the real world and Game of Thrones sticks to real world, not the good guy gets the good thing. Yeah. Because, well, Ned Stark didn't get very much good. Yeah, I would agree. And also in the vein of that, like, the um, the Night Commander, uh, Mormont, uh, oh, he Marmaduke. bites it. He bites at this episode, and it's just really sad. It really stinks, because he's like, I'm going to kill this kid. I'm bleeding a lot internally. Well, dang. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. He, I feel like he was like the unfortunate casualty of that whole thing, you know? Yeah, just because he's... Like, he got dealt he, a bad hand of cards, and, like, of course the Night's Watch people were going to be mutineers under those circumstances. Yeah, yeah I mean, it... It makes sense, but still, blows all around. Like, everything there's just going to go to crap. Right. And, of course, it all ends in a magnificent explosion. The with violence. Yeah, with Daenerys. Oh, yes. And she's, and it's just, like, this 100%, like, she just has, as soon as she, like, has that smirk, and as soon as she, like, especially, like, if people didn't get it before, as soon as she drops it, she knows Valyrian, it's like, you're, you're done. Yeah. You big dumb idiot. Yeah. Like, she was never gonna part with that dragon. It's like that. That was obvious from the start, but still. And right. the funny thing is, is she. The best part of it is, is she knows she doesn't need to control the dragon. The dragon's like, no, you suck. <laughs> yep. She just kind of lets it. Like she says, Dracarys, and then she lets it do its thing after that, and just burns down everything. Yeah. And I think the only reason it was even, you know, not murdering everything up to that point was the fact that she had probably not said so. Right. Because they are semi-trained you that's, know that's true but they're like you know like they're her babies so exactly. you know they're gonna listen to mommy exactly so Duh. they imprinted so hard right that be- they became her like clothing right <laughs> i guess so when we first see them yeah um hmm. what else is exciting uh oh gosh the tyras are literally trying to take over like all of the seven kingdoms through marriage yeah. Not war, but marriage. The Tyrells, they're doing what they do best. And that is being pretty. <laughs> and, yeah. And Sutterfuse. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, I, the thing is, is, it's so cool, but I'm literally the most terrified of Grandma Tyrell and Margarine than, like, anything else in this show. Like, <laughs> anything at all. Like, Loris is literally, it's just kind of scary because it is, like, whatever we wrap men around our finger and men run the world so we end up running the world because we wrap that around our finger <laughs> right i love that whole I, I loved watching you during this episode because you i totally caught i was like you oh my god oh thing. my god they're totally going to try and marry her to loris because she'd already seen he was pretty 
and like yeah. they know they can pull the she's dumb and innocent card because that's just the kind of people I am. Like she's gonna try and marry her brother off. She's gonna do it, and then she's like, "Wouldn't it be great for sister?" I'm like I freaking called it. Yeah. Like as soon as she stepped up to them, first I said I was terrified because of the threats she made, and then I'm like, "This has there is no actual true goodwill behind this." And that's probably the most terrifying part. So uh, I've, it's no. What's really scary is the fact that goodwill is secondary to them. The power that goodwill can bring them is what's important to them, and that's scary. So, but you, so you think that like the whole like no. posturing that no. the archer was doing with Sansa was totally not. I don't. I genuine. I I just have this sneaking suspicion. It's not because they're willing to just drop and do whatever if it helps them that's that i don't know i don't know <laughs> i mean because like when when um varus comes to visit uh lady olena he like they talk about sansa for a little bit there and then like he says like but everyone knows she's a pawn piece and they're getting theirs uh, well yeah but he like 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 you see olena express sympathy for her like you know like i think she's i mean like he's she says I think she's a dull girl, but she has an interesting childhood, and I feel bad for her, basically. Yeah, well, just because someone can have sympathy for someone doesn't mean they won't slit their throat. <laughs> this That's true. This is Game of Thrones you're talking about, so... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. It's really hard to see their game through, but when you see, like, the full scope of how, like, just intense they can be in the game... Right. It's really kind of terrifying, because people don't get this much forward motion without, like, resistance, mm-hmm. and they aren't meeting resistance right okay well let's let's dial it back a little bit and and really unpack this episode because mm-hmm. like we mentioned earlier there's a lot that happens in it and oh, we, yes. we definitely need to unpack certain oh, a number of even, things there's even weird dream work times yeah that, that does happen Theon too also doubly get his yes um yes. but i want to talk first about one of the first things we see this episode which is um varus's um conversation with Tyrion. It starts like a very interesting normal conversation between them. Yeah, and then like, Varys is like, my backstory. It's like, I'm not interested. He's like, well, I have you here. Yep. And then we find out that the sorcerer that castrated uh, Varys in his, as he's telling him his story, is in the box that Varys the is trying to open That's the whole time. Horrific. And like, the other implication of that scene is this is either the place where like Varys sleeps or a place he spends a lot of time. So right. he just, like, lords the fact that he has this guy wrapped, like, his life in his hands all the time. Right. So, like, what are your impressions of Varys, particularly in light of that scene, particularly in light of the fact that he shared it with, with Tyrion? Tyrion? Like, what, no, what are your thoughts of Varys like, now? Like, I really do think they've, they build a confidence. And I think he even said, I don't think it was to Tyrion, but it was to Grandma Tyrell that, um, like, the people he trusts, he trusts fiercely. And I feel as if Tyrion is definitely... Like, like Tyrion's con- are in that place? Yes, he is, like, considered in the Varys camp. Like, Varys has, like, let him in. Like, there's no way he would have shown that to, like, Cersei or Littlefinger. Like, he showed <laughs> it to Tyrion. Right. And that was extremely pointed. Like, he... Like, I feel as if there's this sort of implication that he's shown no one but Tyrion this you know what i mean right like obviously the people who like got him that and all that stuff but any one of like important king's landing has no idea i feel like it's the type of thing too that like if anybody knew about 
Oh, that would like be a they big would, deal. It would totally be a piece of leverage against Varys, and everybody would exactly. want that. Well, that guy would become a piece against right. Le- Varys. Right. Which is interesting because he's showing, he's showing a very big vulnerability. And the fact that, well, he also admits he, like, hates magic. Like, that's his weakness. Like, it's literally like Superman going up to Lex Luthor and being like, hey, you know, kryptonite, really don't like it. Right. <laughs> which now I does give us a little more context as to for why Varys was definitely like very anti Stannis before then and his fire priestess red priestess which he says about it's very that I don't know like I feel as if the scene really rounded him out and really just like makes him stick true to his character Mm -hmm. because like he sticks by the goal of like and it's interesting that he was theater at first which is funny because when he talks to Ned about you know like I'm just a background character keeping like the realm safe it it's interesting that that kind of comes into play. Right. Uh, it just, I don't know. It really makes his character come together and mm-hmm. it makes sense. What like, about, what about this darker side of him though, where we see him um, like uh, enacting revenge? I, here? I am not at all surprised. Like I assume that all of the, the basically the people at the table there are capable of this or do this to some extent. Right. Right. Uh, and while we're talking about Varys, too, uh, we the next scene we see Varys in is when he is uh, talking with uh, Rose at the at Littlefinger's brothel. And we find a, a, a little nugget of information here that nice it, it just happens very it happens very briefly, but becomes very pivotal, Relevant obviously. To other he finds out that that Littlefinger is making plans to, to whisk, whisk Sansa away. away. Yeah, yeah. So what Ugh. do you think about this whole ploy going on here? It makes it so much more pointed when the Tyrells are making so much stronger overt moves. Because Littlefinger's like, hey, you want to leave? You're like, nah. And he's like, okay. <laughs> right. Because earlier we found out from Rose that she thinks that Littlefinger is dangerous, particularly with his desire for Sansa. Well, yeah, like his desire for power is terrifying because he seems to have the tendency to get it because he grew from nothing to literally right. one of the people that rules one of the And most it's kind of interesting, too, cities. that when Varys is recruiting Olena to join his side, he doesn't frame it in the whole, like, you know, let's do the right thing for Sansa. It's more or less like, let's do the right thing for the realm. And because... that's and that, once again, fits his M.O. Right. Because he's like, you know, you guys are probably be... The, his whole thought is, you guys are going to be more stable rulers. You're, we're going to see less conflict if this goes through. And it's ostensibly true. If the Tyrells take over, like, the war may literally be off or it may taper off in a way that it would not have if they continue in the way they are right. now. Like, as far as what's best best things that could happen to this realm honestly the tyrells taking over would be but it's just sort of terrifying for all the the characters caught in the right and then he's mentions like Littlefinger is only like one step away from having an army basically if he if he's about to get sansa yeah if he gets a title and if he gets like that amount of land yes it is he will have an army like he will have the castle guard and be able to build out from there quite easily what do you think Littlefinger would do if he had a if he had an army that is oh my god i would if he figured out the thing with it is is he seems to be the slowest on the uptake of like the inner machinations but he figured out about the tyrells he would try to kill rob because that's the whole tyrell thing like they will take over if they do that and he will try and secure the best position for himself i don't see him vying for king okay so you don't think he's gunning for the throne not at first he's a very step-by-step kind of man 
Okay. Like, I see him working up to maybe become Hand. Okay. And then somehow I was like, oh, no, the poor ruler. Well, there's no one else at the table anymore. Luckily, looks like I'm here. Looks like Littlefinger time. Which, that wouldn't that be crazy going from, like, nobody to, you know, king of the... Well, and, I, and, that, and that's what's kind of terrifying because I think he understands that amount, but I don't think he understands enough. And I think that it's very good that this show sort of shows it mm-hmm. that way. Like, he's extremely good at the game and he has a large amount of influence that he's built, but it was mostly due to kind of how, like, what Littlefinger mentioned before was like this patience. You mean Varys? Varys mentioning that oh, before. Oh, flip. Yeah. Varys mentioning that before, which is interesting. <laughs> and I think that's probably why Varys finds Littlefinger so interesting because he could probably see some of himself they in have him. A, they have a lot alike and a lot of yeah, common. And it's there. very true. And it's probably why they grade on each other so easily. That's true. That's true. Um, okay. Uh, one other thing that we don't really get to see a whole lot of, but I also think is really interesting is um, Theon in this episode. Theon. Yeah. Uh, you know, he kind of has a little bit of a breakdown, and he admits that he killed those boys to cover up the Rando fact that he couldn't boys. do, he couldn't kill the Stark boys and secure Winterfell he can't for himself. Make Poppy proud. But as soon as he has this moment, his rescuer like reveals the ruse, and it, and the and, ruse is that's like we brought you to Yana's castle to torture you. But it's like, well, it's like yeah, like regardless, like we see the the cross up in the dungeon. It's like okay, as soon as you saw that, you're like. Well, that's not a good sign. Right. So, who do you have any speculation as to what's going on with Theon's captor? Like, who is he really? What's really going on there? Was anything he said true? Was it all That's a what's lie? sort of terrifying cuz I mean, like the lengths to which this guy went, like killing fellow soldiers whether who they're truly aligned with remains to be seen. I honestly, my first inklings of this are that it's it's kind of scary because he went just like, oh, there's people for your father and people who are Yana, but maybe there's this thing where his father is a Sundere, but his sister just doesn't want the father to ever be like, oh, you're my son. She, I feel as if this is a thing where she probably wants to kill him with his own hands and be like, I worked for this. You played like Stark for so long. And you're not going to come back and take this from me. They weren't really on the best of terms back on the Iron Islands. (laughs) And she definitely strikes me as the person that would, like, kill her brother if he stood a chance of taking power from her in cold blood. (laughs) Paying all kinds of iron play. It's it's kind of interesting how they do it in the show, though, because we go so many episodes with thinking that like maybe this is all building up to something theon's torture is leading towards something and then he escapes and then he's back captured like in another place where i think his sister's probably gonna murder him like that's my general prediction i feel as if this is her machinations to make sure that he doesn't gain any influence because truth be told his father didn't he's he's only admitted to that one guard that what he did in winterfell was a ruse right even if it was a poor tactical decision like his father may see a little bit of you know chutzpah in her or something i don't know i feel as if she's the kind of person that wouldn't take a chance because i mean ostensibly for the longest time it wasn't even a problem wasn't even a thought in her mind so right and then he just shows up one day shows up out of nowhere and it's like yeah i'll be a great joy and she's like well frick yeah <laughs> i've been a great joy this whole time get out of here get in line <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, it's kind of interesting. She is a very powerful presence in the show, even when she's not. We haven't seen there. her at all this yeah, season. Yeah, we haven't. No, we haven't. So. But like, even just from what we saw from her last season, like that's what I feel she would do. 
Okay, well, let's move on. I want to talk about one other big relationship that we get a lot of in this episode, and that's between uh, Jamie and Brienne. And we find out this episode that Jamie lied last episode. Um, you know, he, he crafted this tale about the Sapphire Islands having gems, and it turns out that none of that was true, and he knew it, she knew it, which means he lied to protect her. Which feels really counter to Jamie's character. Yeah, because the whole time he's just poking fun at her and being a general jerkwad. And, like, he tried on multiple occasions to try and just kill her and get away. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think is happening here? Why do you think Jamie lied for Brienne? I don't know. I, It's kind of sad, but once again, I just think that... (sighs) Lannisters are too freaking twisted for it not to be to their own purposes. It's just that she is literally the only piece he has in this game, so he wants to probably try and use her. I, it's unfortunate that I can't see any kind of goodwill, but it, like the way they make it feels like there's some kind of kinship or something. But right. every time he has ever tried to do that, is he? I don't know. It just goes with the dirty, underhanded fight that he seems to do. Like he tried to level Ned Stark and be like friendly with them, and he stabbed him. And there was that one boy, and he's like, oh, you're beige, and it's great, and yeah, and stab. <laughs> so you are you worried for Brienne then in light of this, or? Not in this scenario, because it would be dumb of him to not try and save her. And you know, the only reason he started eating is because she said so, and you know what that means? He knows she's definitely in his camp. So do you think this is indicative of any major change to Jamie's character or is this just a survival behavior? I think it is literally a survival behavior, but what's interesting is it could become something else. And I think he's probably actually maybe even going to feel a little conflict related to that. He may have to go against his typical survival instincts of I can use these people for my advantage right now and I need to survive to maybe we're actually comrades. (laughs) There is a slight possibility, but it's like, A 70-30 with the 30 being the nice one. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. This Uh, show has broken me. (laughs) (laughs) See, we we are accomplishing something here now. It's broken me. I can't trust anything. Okay, well, on that note, let's talk about what the Tyrells are doing. We already talked about it a little bit. I kind of want to talk about it more focused, though. We get this great scene in... um, the sept in King's oh, Landing, yeah, uh, where Marjorie is really playing. He's she's playing Joffrey like a fiddle. It's nuts. And it's, it's it's perfect and beautiful, and yet and like everyone knows doors, it, but Joffrey. They open the doors, and the crowds are all like, "Oh, look, it's Lady Marjorie, Marjorie!" And they're waving to her, and like and she gets into waving, and like, she gets this is nice. Yeah, it's like nice, and then you see Cersei's reaction, and Cersei is like. <gasps> What's happening? And, oh no, she's changing my little monster, and I couldn't do right. it. Right, and yet, and yet, she has this conversation with Olena in the in the oh. sept about how, like, you know, like Olena says, isn't it really stupid and backward that like the men have to write, run everything just because they're men? And I was like, well, look at my daughter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's crazy. So, what do you think is going through Cersei's mind? Uh, in in these in this moment, you know, in in these moments where she's she's sitting there and watching the Tyrells, uh, just the expert players here walk 
all over anything she's trying. I think it's just sort of her thing of realizing the way she raised her son was setting her up for this, and it hurts doubly as much. Like, it's just like, I literally can't do anything about this, and if I speak up about it, I'm in a war position, so here I have to sit. And the Tyrells know it, too. So it just blows. All she has is her wine and her cousins. <laughs> her wine and cousins are only vices. <laughs> her only vices, wine and cousins. <laughs> oh, good grief. Do you have any sympathy for her now? Or is it still like she's getting what she deserves after everything? Uh, she made a crappy king. And she also is directly responsible for like the Stark house falling. No. No. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> like I I feel as if there's been a lifetime of comeuppance that she like we haven't even seen on screen that are coming to haunt her through the way she like spoiled her son through the way she lived and expected everything to just work out fine because it works out fine. And you're because my little prince and like everything you... You're my little prince and nothing yeah, yeah. can harm you because my daddy didn't love me, so I'm going to love you so much and you see how well that worked out. Right. So we've we found that there has to be moderation because if yeah. you're an absolute a hole to your kids, they'll grow to despise you and make your grandchildren spoiled king killers. Right. And then which leads me to a point here because she does decide to bring this issue to daddy Lannister Tywin (laughs) and it's weird because I feel as if he knows and it's almost like he doesn't care and it's well that's a terrifying thing because he's also a a terrifying power player and it's also the sort of patience things he has stuff in the works there's nothing that anyone has brought up to him and he doesn't already know about and is not already working towards but he does it in his time I was like you had to fix this now I was like I am getting there cool it yeah but it also kind of hits on this theme that is kind of buried in this episode a little bit but we hear Elena talk about the fact that like House Tyrell, its sigil is the rose. It's not going to ever be known for its epic fighters and warriors. Oh, yeah, it's true. He actually talks about, oh, krakens and wolves and lions, right. which are all house crests. Right. And Except the way that they are kind of conquering right now is, like, through, oddly enough, love. Like, the way that they are, like, you know, getting people to love them or manipulating people. And it's kind of interesting that, like, that... Tywin, being who he is, probably someone who's pretty incapable of love, as evidenced by the yeah. very bad relationship he has with his children, oh, yeah. doesn't really understand how that's dangerous. The way that that they're and interesting waging because this battle. I feel as if Cersei totally does, and Tywin honestly may be underestimating it. But what's terrifying is he may not be because money and like power and you know his military plots literally just may be able to be like. Nah. <laughs> right. And we and we've talked about this earlier about, you know, it this this concept of like as a king, is it better for people to love you or is it better for somebody well, to fear you? And it's interesting because we see both now in King's Landing. Right. Tyrells of love and the Lannisters of People fear the Lannisters and love the Tyrells, yeah. and now they're coming together, they're joining houses. Like what does that mean for Westeros? What is that? I don't even know. It just means Daenerys is going to have a lot harder time getting the Iron Throne. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, because that's what it comes down to. But she's going to need a lot of boats. She's going to need a lot of boats or for all of her Either that or she's just going to just pick up 
like all the people right from good old like she's only got the she's only got the one boat right now so yeah i don't think like her eight thousand plus troops are gonna fit on there because the thing with it is is those eight thousand were just the people they found you know okay not like the people who are being you know tortured or any of the other sort of like randos they had right not even starting to be trained but she also laid waste like they like she says like oh, kill yeah. the masters during that scene so they yeah. laid waste to pretty much all well, the oh, influential people them. in that city I'm talking about just like whatever slaves they had that they hadn't done oh, much else gosh gotcha i mean i mean some of them were guards but they were done right but she's got an army that's the important part a terrifying terrifying army that now loves her yeah because she don't need the whip right she is the whip she is the whip she i mean she loses she drops the she drops the whip that she received in the ground when they're leaving the city and like that's it she she knows she has these people because they like they fight for her which i wonder this myself when i watch this even now is like do do the unsullied that she picks up here do they know what they're going to be doing they're just like yes this lady right but it's like, like they're so like how, how do they understand what like love is enough to love her to follow her into battle and not because like she owns them, you know? Like they're they, it's really impressive they're that kind of they spend up. all of like their lives and their childhoods being like stripped away to become like the perfect killing machines, and yet Daenerys comes in and immediately gives them that like ounce of humanity back. That they like. It's like you can see they're inspired by her that you want so much, and and yet they're still really yeah. And she's like, you can leave. We completely understand if you don't. And not a single one goes. And they're like, no, that's awesome. We like this one, right? (laughs) (laughs) And I I do also love how you said her new her her you know sassy friend now has they have matching outfits i'm like yes yes this is perfect everybody has matching outfits there's even blue on jara's oh my gosh you're right thing yeah yeah oh my gosh his accents became blue holy cow this yeah is, it's you know i want to think of the off times you're like well jara i need you to get a blue sash like why it's like, just just because i want yeah like that whole like that whole conversation where they're you like shopping and like okay so today when we pick up this army we're gonna wear blue and it's like <laughs> Is this important? Yes. It's very important. It's very important. <laughs> but you have to have the red dragon. Why not the blue one? No, the red one. <laughs> it's called coordinating colors. Coordinating colors. Friday is red day, but we're wearing blue because we look great in blue today. <laughs> no, I don't ever. Well, never mind. I don't know if she would. She did. Ha- she does have the princess in her, but it's weird. She's a very, very layered character. She is. How deep did the princess go underneath everything? Or is this just what princess becomes when it evolves? True. Hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> Who can say? <laughs> All right. Well, let's move to our weekly wrap-up questions. A lot of people we saw this episode, so I'm sure it's going to be a lot of a lot of difficult conversation for you to figure out who is the winners this week. But let's start with start with oh, one simple: the Stark of the week. We really only see Sansa and Arya, I guess, uh, and only yeah. really briefly. So yeah, there's no Jon Snow. There's no Rob. Yeah, no John. Just Sansa and Arya. This episode kind of blows because like. Sansa doesn't really do anything other than get manipulated, which is status quo. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty status so quo. So it really, her. honestly, unfortunately, as much as, well, I don't hate to say it, but it's just the the canned response is it's Arya. Right. Because <laughs> she sticks up and it's, and it's, it's funny because like even the leader of like the band, 
No, the, the Brotherhood without, without Banners. Yeah, I was going to say the Banners without Brotherhood. I'm like, wait. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's wrong. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> the Banners without Brotherhood. Interesting. They're sisters. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyways. The Brotherhood without Banners. Um, Like, recognizes she's the most, like, brave one because she, like, calls him out for what he did. And it's interesting because they're, like, having this, like, faux trial. Right. It's like, well, trial by combat. It's like, whatever. I'm the freaking hound. Yeah. He's like, I don't care. This, I, I'm about to be your leader, y'all. <laughs> right. Little does he know that these Lord of Light people like fire a lot, and he doesn't, doesn't like, like fire, fire so much. a lot. Yeah, which he's actually pretty near a fire. I'm surprised. The, I think the only reason he hasn't freaked out is just because he's so ticked off at everyone near yeah, him. Yeah, he's just fueled by rage. <laughs> yeah, he literally is a rage person. Anyway, we digress. Arya gets darker the week this week. Yeah. Almost mostly by kind default. Kind of hands down default. Right. Because like Sansa didn't do anything new or different. She was just a pawn in the right. game. But I'm sure our our contest for who gets the crown this episode oh, is a little more complicated. Boy. So if you had to give one person the crown oh, based upon how well they played the game this episode, who does it go to? I so think, many strong power players. I think it honestly has to go to Marjorie because okay. she's about to literally just seize the Seven Kingdoms with the least amount of bloodshed and honestly effort. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty effortless for her to just like suck up to Joffrey because he's an easy right. book to read and Sansa is too. So it's like she doesn't even have to try. Yeah. It's kind of interesting seeing the ways that she just subtly changes the way she acts and, like, what she says well, around yeah, all those people. I mean, and it you can tell the full breadth and depth of what she can do based on how she talks to the guards and how she talks to Sansa and how she actually switched between the two, right. like, in and out just, like, in a second. Like, that's something, like, thinking back, I'm kind of like... No, that's actually what terrified right. me about her. She's talking to her. I was like, please go away. And they're like, not, not going to go away. And it's like, oh, Sansa, how are you doing? Seriously, I will tell the king if you don't go away. Right. Oh, Sansa. And it's like, what the hell was that? <laughs> not, not only that, but like she, like when she's with uh, Joffrey, like she's playing to that like mean streak in him. She's like, ooh, tell me about this bloody violence. Like, yeah, the bloody violence in the car. But, but and it's, she's playing to his arrogance and pride bait too. And switch because she's like, oh, but they love you. Yeah, exactly. Because she gets him all nice and printed. And like, make them love you. And he's like, that's all right. And she's like, yeah, you sure right it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to. I would give any money for them to just like voice over her head thoughts as she's doing this stuff. Yeah. Any amount of money. There'd be a lot of like screaming internally noises. I wonder if that's just her the entire time. Joffrey's talking to her like. Ah. <laughs> Ooh, that's actually a nice mural. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, it's either that or she's the thing is like, I can poison him. Once you're married, I can poison him. I don't even have to wait long. Just in the wine. He's going <laughs> to drink at the marriage. Or maybe I can just stab him. Or shoot him with his own Cosbro. Oh my god, the freaking justice of, of shooting him with his own Cosbro. I'll pretend it was an accident and then I'll shiv him with it and look in his eyes as the light just fades from it. Sounds good. This is the perfect headcanon. <laughs> listen, my headcanon is flawless. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on to best plan, worst plan. A lot of people are making plans this episode still. So who at this episode made the best plan? Who this episode made the worst plan moving forward? 
Best plan goes to Daenerys, hands down. I didn't give her crown because it wasn't the most crown related, but like, you see it coming, you know what's happening. 100% win, no percent loss. Yeah, she goes in, gets <laughs> Hits an her army. army, and there's no cost. No cost. She still keeps her Dothraki gold just to, you know, buy beautiful outfits right. with. Which the funny thing is that she probably bought that, and what ostensibly after that, she could have just taken whatever was there. Which I'm sure they did. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what about worst plan? I guess it's really hard to quantify this one, mainly because there's so many plans moving forward that we have no idea of, like, where they're going. Yeah. But if you had to pick one to be the worst plan, which one would it be? I don't... I'm stuck between two. Littlefinger's plan to just basically abduct Sansa. Okay. And Sam's plan to run away with her mother and child in the middle of the cold white north that's almost winter interesting okay those are my two worst plans i am i it's literally a toss-up i could cost a like just throw a t- coin up i don't know I which don't one know do which you think worse. will result in more death oh mm. maybe more that death one or is more tragic death because more tragic Both. not either <laughs> i don't think i think little fingers is going to probably result in the most death maybe not maybe i don't know oh man oh Oh man, thinking oh, this no. through makes there, me really there's stressed. There's a realization moment. <laughs> both, of, oh, both of them make me really stressed. At first, I didn't think his would be as bad, and the more I think about either, the worse it becomes. Because <laughs> I mean, like, it already be tragic. Because I just don't think the mother and the child are gonna make it, and I think one of them's gonna die, and then the other. I feel as if it's probably more gonna be the mother than him. Like she'll probably die protecting her child. And be like, you think Gilly's ah, gonna die? Ah, ah baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then the baby's probably gonna die and it's gonna be a really sad sam time and he's gonna be being hunted and have a like a dead baby and it's like this is the worst timeline but then there's also like little finger who's going to probably like okay worst case scenario his plan doesn't go through he finds out rose is in with varus rose dies which blows because she's a great character that's not in the books which makes her like, she has no plot armor, zero plot armor. Zero plot armor. <laughs> zero plot armor, and um, just, like, just because Sansa's going to get especially screwed by anything that happens if any one of the power players are unhappy and she's still in King's Landing, which will probably happen because that just seems to be, she just, she does not pass go. She just stays right there. <laughs> does not collect 200. Yeah. So... Um, By the way, while we're still on the on the topic of of plot armor, even just tangentially here, I will put this out here to you, Zach. That no, don't do the, it. The books have, or the show has killed characters who are still alive in the books, mm. and and the show has like invented <laughs> characters oh, that no. aren't in the books at all. No, so I don't like it. I. Can- I just be very careful about ascribing plot armor and not plot armor to anybody. I can't even be comfortable about anything. <laughs> this blows. I can't even harden my heart enough to, like, I have to harden my heart to everything. I have to look at this show like I have no soul. And now you are learning what it truly means to watch Game of Thrones. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I actually will pick Littlefinger's plan because I feel it has the most out branching ramifications because of the amount of power players that will react and therefore cause like butterfly effects to other things right like sam and that thing i just feel is going to be tragic from the start because when wasn't it so i guess due to the predictability of that and the absolute like crazy stuff that 
could happen, I'm going to give it to Littlefinger's plan to, you know, basically abduct Sansa. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I think we, we well, we'll need to move to our last um, weekly wrap-up question here, which is the question of how hopeful you are. And I think your answer to this is going to be very telling about which side you're rooting for. Mm-mm. So I don't, oh my gosh, that's hard. Cause a lot of things are bad for people. I'm in their camp for, and some things are actually good. I mean, if you're in camp Daenerys, like this should be a really like, high hopeful level for you. But if you're in camp, I don't know. The thing with it is, is Daenerys is doing fine and that's not going to change. Stuff up north is not great and like King's Landing is going bad. So like a lot of the characters are not going to have a good time. Like I feel like the Daenerys thing was thrown there at the end. So it's like the news where the five minute segment at the end is like the little little it's happy a, blur. It's a fluff piece, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of funny because she does typically show up. About the local jelly bean carnival. Exactly. Like, yeah, she's the local jelly bean carnival at the end. Like... That's how she's typically shown up in all these episodes. Or just to be, like, strong and powerful, which in this series is still pretty much jelly bean carnivals. Um, but I'm a four? I think four. I'm down a point from, yet, like, last time. Because, like, I broke even then. But this time, like, I feel like we're setting up for some serious, serious crap next episode. Wow, okay. Well... A four is pretty low, so... I'm more scared. More scared. Than I feel I should be, which scares me more, which brings my rating down. And do you feel down. like most of your fear is coming from, like, what the Tyrells are doing, or what's going on at well, the North, or where's most of your fear coming from? I, it's everywhere. <laughs> it's all it's, of Westeros. It's, it's in the walls. It's in my clothes. It's just, in the water. You, you, you just can't shake it no matter where you go. No, it follows me. <laughs> Well, oh. as always, Zach, it is a treat watching you watch Game of Thrones. I'm glad we got to watch this episode because I I love seeing all this play out, especially knowing what happens. You're breaking seeing, my soul. And seeing you squirm a little here is great. No, I'm not even squirming anymore. I'm trying not to squirm, and it still doesn't make it better. <laughs> so I hope you guys are enjoying Zach's journey through this, uh, too. So especially if you've seen the show before, Boy, I, I know you're, you're probably do. enjoying this. So like, definitely do. Yeah. If you Does mean, I, hmm, I don't know what it means to you otherwise. <laughs> If you are, um, if you would like to connect with us in any way, um, make sure to uh, follow us on YouTube. You can like and subscribe this video uh, to our channel and like this video, comment anything on there. We'd love to hear from you guys. And mm-hmm. if you got any questions as well that you would like to have Zach try and answer on the show as a part of <laughs> a part of our thing too, you feel I, free to do that. Especially oh, if to. you know where things are going, uh, you can I send mean, those. Don't in. completely spoil things. It's like. How do you feel about this character when they may or may not die? <laughs> yeah, don't spoil the show, please. But I've been you can, so good. You can send those questions into us uh, via uh, YouTube, via Twitter, via Tumblr. We got all those places. Just check us out. Useful mm-hmm. NPCs. We're there, so you can find us. Uh, also on iTunes if you are listening to this podcast in other places, so you can make sure to follow us there as well. Mm-hmm. And, man, yeah. So we are we are quickly working our way through season three, Zach. I hope you're enjoying it mm. for all for all the all the wriggling that you are doing here. I really am, but it's just like, dang. <laughs> <laughs> I know you'll survive. I know you're strong. I, I'm getting there. It's weird. The show gives me 
weird strength. And yet you you are you are here. You're in season three. You're making it through it. But I don't know if anyone else will. I feel as if I'm gonna look back from like season eight or something. I'm gonna be like, no one from beginnings here, but Tyrion. All right. Well, there's one prediction. So you think Tyrion's gonna be around forever? I don't even know. <laughs> I feel as if he may just get like Lord Farquaaded at the end and just eaten by a dragon. I feel like it's really unfortunate that you compared Tyrion to Lord Farquaad. They're both short. They're both short. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're nowhere near as great of characters as each other. Yeah. I'm glad you realized that. I know that much. Lord Farquaad is much better. I'm rolling my eyes. I'm trying to hurt you, but it's not working. Yeah, that, that was said to intentionally hurt me. <laughs> and it won't. Cersei, Cersei, Cersei. Sticks and stones, Zach. Sticks and stones. But George R.R. R. Martin will break my bones. <laughs> That is very true. <laughs> and your spirit. My heart bones. <laughs> All right, well, we'll catch you next time. Now the rain is